Hello and welcome to Lansbury Podcast. Thanks for downloading the first episode. Lansbury Podcast is a community project run by students from St Martins and the community which aims to promote activities on the local community and discuss local issues. Someone might be wondering what a podcast is. It is a radio show you can listen to whenever you want. You can get it on your phone or listen to it on your computers. This episode is going to be focused on Bonfire Night and Halloween. We are going to discuss on how to stay safe. Time to meet the team. My name is Michael Davis. I am helping the podcast because I would like people to know what is going on in the community and I like watching Rick and Morty. Hi, I am Shane. I want to be involved in the podcast because I am a chatterbox. Hello, I'm Lucinda Jenkins and I'm 15. And by the way, I'm a really big chatterbox. I really like art and I'm a really funny person. Hi, I'm Kate and I'm 15. I say what's on my mind and I love listening to music. Hi, my name's Rebecca and I've been dragged into the podcast. And the interesting fact is I work in St Martin's Comprehensive School. Hello, so I have Lucy and Michael you with me today and we're going to have a chat about what's going on in your local area, so Lansbury, Caerphilly and wider Caerphilly Borough Council um, over Halloween and bonfire night. Do you two know what's going on? No. No. Would you like to know more? Yes. Yes. Okay. Did you know that through Garvo uh, Holiday Scheme, they're running uh, two free nights to go and watch uh, a free movie in Blackwood Cinema. No, I didn't know anything about it. No? Would that be something you would be interested in going to? Yes. Yeah? So the first night uh, is a um, under-12s, and the second night is over-12s. So it's a 15. So, Luce, do you think that that's going to be a problem for you? No. I think it might, because you're only 14 and you. So you wouldn't be able to attend. But if you did want to attend these and you are the right age, you can get in touch with Beth Moss and we'll give her details later on. Is there anything else you want to find out more about? About the going under the mine? Yeah, I did mention that, didn't I? So, Rhonda Heritage Park are also offering a ski night. It sounds petrifying, and I would say it is not for the faint-hearted. Are you someone that can handle scary stuff, Michael? I'm not scared of anything. You would be okay. Loose, what about you? No. Are you a bit scared? I'll tell you a bit more about it. So, it is in the mine, so the big pit mine. There are going to be zombies, murderers. Obviously, I'm hoping that's actors. Um, but there will be other really cool stuff like making scars and scary kind of face paints and there'll be pumpkin carving. So it's not for the faint-hearted. You'd be up for it, Michael? Yeah, but I'm allergic to face paint. Face paint. So perhaps you would miss out the face paint part but go for the scary bit down the mine. Loose? No. If I'm going, you're going down with me to hold my hand. No. No? No. Okay. Well, if that doesn't interest you... Um, there is also some stuff going on with the fire service 
and they are offering young people to go and be a firefighter for the day. So do you know what that is? So you get to dress up to be a firefighter? Absolutely spot on, yeah. You get to look at the equipment. What about safety rules? They'd definitely be talking to you about safety rules because that's the most important part of a firefighter's job. But you'd be looking at equipment, what they have to do in their day. So kind of maintaining equipment's important because they don't just turn up and everything's all clean and ready to go. So you would be looking at that aspect. Um, and then the different roles they play and what they have to do over uh, Halloween and bonfire night because it is their busiest time. The uh, firefighter for a day takes place on Saturday the 4th of November and Sunday the 5th of November. And again, for any information, we'll give Beth Moss's details at the end so you can grab a pen and paper if you're listening, take that yeah. down and contact her. Or any youth workers in the Lansbury area should be able to signpost you, which means kind of point you in the right direction. Mm -hmm. What other fun stuff would you like to do, Luce? Perhaps if uh, someone said there's a million pounds on offer now and we can spend it on anything you want. <gasps> Any activities in your community, what would you have? Animation, making your own animation. Yeah. It's you'd like an animation, you'd like a disco project. There is also one other thing I forgot to mention. They're going to be running from the Van Community Centre on the 29th of October a free running project so where you can turn up and learn some safe ways of doing free running what's so free that, running so that'd be really good i think it's a bit like parkour so where you kind of learn balance and jumps by running and it's going to be a lot about safety and how to do it safe safely and how to do it on property that we're allowed because some property is um, private property or property that would be dangerous so it's doing it in a safe and organized environment so anything else you would like to do over halloween or bonfire night in your community loose um, i wish if there was a halloween disco a halloween disco well funny you should say that i am actually meeting with the community members this evening and I think that's one of the things on their agenda they would like to hold a Halloween disco right in the heart of the community in Van Road so I will let you know all the information on that shortly and Christmas disco well I think that might be another podcast we might have to get planning for the next one so how long would the information take? Good question. I'm going to see the uh, committee this evening and then by the time we meet together to do another podcast session, I'll have all the information for you then. Last week we went down to Caffili Fire Station to interview some firefighters to find out a little bit of what they do. Okay, so we're with uh, a firefighter. What's your name and what's your role in the, in the fire service, sir? Uh, my name's Firefighter Reid. Um, I'm basic level firefighter. I've been in nine years now. Um, I've been based in Caerphilly for the last nine years. I'm on Red Watch as well. Okay, what well, can you tell us about the watches then, sir? Uh, we've got four watches, uh, red, blue, green and white. Uh, we run on 24 hours a day. Uh, we do 
nine o'clock in the morning till six o'clock in the evening. That's our day shifts. And then in the evenings, then we do uh, from six in the evening till nine in the morning. So you can imagine it's a nine hour day and a 15 hour night shifts, which is quite long uh, and can be quite grueling. Um, but we do have our downtime and we train quite a lot in the daytime. Um, we use the drill yard uh, to practice our, our ladder pitching. Um, we've got, obviously you can see here, we've got the whiteboard. For those listening, you can't see it obviously. And um, we, we do our lectures uh, to keep us up to date on any, on any uh, topics that's, that's hot, such as the Grenfell Towers. Um, mm. we, keep, we keep up to date on information that's needed uh, for that. In the evenings then, uh, we all get together, we have a chat about our days, um, a lot of camaraderie uh, goes along. So imagine in school as well, this group, you get to know each other quite well. Um, we see, we see ourselves, as a, ourselves as a family. So we get around the mess table, we have a cup of coffee, uh, we make sure everything's okay with everybody and um, we get on with our duties then and in between we get, get calls and uh, we tackle the calls as and when they come in. Awesome. So these guys have come down from Lansbury, um, some of the students from St Martin's. Has anyone got any questions for the firefighters? Um, why do they call you firefighters and all firemen? But not firemen because uh, we are a, a diverse uh, and the uh, fire brigade, um, so we have, we've got firemen and firewomen, um, so we don't class ourselves as firemen, it's uh, the fire, use, use as firefighters. How brave are the women? <laughs> exactly the same as the men, it's, um, every, every, like I say, everyone's equal uh, within the fire service, we've all got, got through the same tests, there's not one test for one person, one test for another person, um, so everybody's got to be equally as brave equally as strong, um, as fast, and as diligent as the, as the next firefighter. And we do all try and keep together and work together. If you're lacking in one area, then your buddy will come along and help you out, And uh, such as the boss over there. Um, he'll look out for those points. It's his job and his duty to, uh, to pick up any points that you might be struggling in, and, he, and he'll help you uh, to get to the level you need to be at. So yeah, in, in regards to braveness, everyone's in, in the same bracket. And no one's afraid to say if they are, if they are worried or if they are scared um, because we do try and encourage this family environment um, everyone's not not scared to talk to each other about it and uh, we, we are quite open with each other so yeah good question can you go for red lights we can go for red lights uh, only on emergencies not to get home for our fish and chips um, if uh, if we're approaching uh, a red light we don't go flying through because as you can imagine um, some people might not be expecting a fire engine so when we're approaching a red light, we uh, we got the sirens on and um, the, the blue lights are flashing. Uh, so we, we take a slow approach, we slow down, make sure everyone can see us, make sure there's no cars going through, uh, and then we go through. Um, but we are allowed to go for red lights, but only in emergency situation, uh, when we have got our lights on and our tones, and it is safe for us to go through. Obviously leading up now to Halloween and bonfire night, I'm guessing that's going to be a really busy time for being a... It, it does pick up. Um, we get quite a lot of uh, organised bonfires, um, which we don't tend to get called to because it's, it's an organised event and they, they tell our main control. So our main control then will have a list, like in Cavilli, we've got five organised events like skate groups or whatever they might be um, that have fires on, on a particular night. Um, St Kenneth, they like to have their own unofficial one the night before the castle. Um, 
but it's so it's not a fish so we always get caught up to there mm. um in lansbury uh, you got quite a few areas i'm sure you all know where different parts of the areas people build up bonfires if we maybe put it into one area it could be confined less damage to the grass obviously we, we see some of the damage after bonfire night um what the, what the fires can do but i would our calls do go up um, because of it, but we don't go go along and spoil everyone's fun. Um, that's what our, our job is about. As long as the fire is under control and there's a responsible person or a responsible adult there um, looking after the fire, making sure it's not near a building or endangering any life, then we will allow that fire to carry on and uh, let you enjoy your bonfire night. We just we're just there to keep you safe, really, and make sure it's all under control and uh, in a nice controlled environment. So with there being multiple bonfires in Lansbury, yeah. would you say that um, it'd be better to just have one? Or would you, from your point of view, is it, is it okay having a couple of different ones? Yeah, from us, it's, it's okay to have, as long as you've got, like I say, that responsible person. Um, it's always nice if you could, in my eyes anyway, if you had one particular area where everybody could get together. So the community of Lansbury gets together. Um, they could do a little, couple of little stalls maybe. Um, and have that fire in one particular place, and then you've got a responsible person there. We know about it. Um, we, we can we can even turn up and um, and be part of it, really, because mm. uh, we like to be out in the community. Um, so it would be nice for the in the community to have it. But from a safety point of view, as long as you have got a a, a responsible person there, then we can't see any problems you having multiple little fires, as long as they're not naughty little fires, and mm. and you're just setting them off here, there, and everywhere. But I can imagine from the Lansbury community point of view, if you're all together, I'd I'd go for that definitely, mm. and see if if you want to do something like try and get us involved as well, and then we can we can pop along and um, have a chat to you all uh, when we go in there. So is it illegal if um, bonfires are like um, ten feet away from a house? Like, is it illegal to have it ten feet away from a house? The legality of it, Jason. I yeah. call you from over there. That's a fine line, really. It's all about being safe, isn't it? So you wouldn't build a bomb there 10, 10 yards from the house, would you? So we're not looking at meters. We we're not looking at a measurement. It's a good question to ask. Um, but we would ideally we want it to be in a, in a wide open space where someone's not likely to get burned or because heat does conduct. So if, if that was on fire there, it eventually um, all this ground would get hot um, all the surrounding area would, would, would heat up, um, so let's say that the, the blinds they could heat up and they would combust and then they would uh, come into flames, so that's a, that's a danger there. So ideally we ask for you to be um, in, a, in, a, in a wide open space um, away from there. So if, for instance, we did find a fire which was too close to a building, that's when we would step in and we would put the fire out, but we wouldn't just come up, put the fire out and go off. We'd explain to you why, um, obviously not to antagonise or to annoy you or to explain and then explain that we're not here to spoil your fear. We are here to um, to keep you safe. If there's a fire after the night, would yeah. you come along and put it up? If it's controlled burning in someone's garden, um, then that's fine. But if it's an open public area, then we're more likely, um, like in, in Lansbury, in, a, in, a, in an open public area, we're more likely going to put it out. If it's a campfire, um, and it's like, again, it, it all goes on the responsible person, um, if we've got and you've got a mobile number and we can contact you, uh, then we're more than happy for you to, to carry on. And as long as it's in a safe uh, contained environment, 
then you carry on. But in a public area, public park, then we're likely to come along and put that fire out because it's, it's not an organised event, uh, and a recognised event like bonfires. If someone's trying to sleep and they hear the fireworks, what do you do then? With, with fireworks, um, that sort of noise issue could be down to police, but they're going to be expected on bonfire night. Um, we can regulate that um, ourselves uh, in regards to the noise. So if, you, if, that, if there's a noise complaint, you'd have to go to the police in that regard. They'd, we'd we go and speak to them about fire, um, if they had concerns about fire, but not in regards to um, fireworks. The police would probably more than get involved in that. I think um, someone was saying something about like a seven-point safety plan or like some tips or something like that. Have you, have you got a, does that ring a bell? We could have the, the, the leaflets out. What might be nice is if some of the younger people read out some of the points or something like that, where you get angry. Yeah. I'm um, just trying to think now. Uh, let's say there's uh, a fire that's going out of control and you can see it and there's perhaps there's no one around. What's the kind of process for a young person to report the incident to the... Yeah, so if you see a fire, say, for instance, in the woods or inland, anywhere that you're thinking under, under the bypass, under by the shops or anything, then you, um, have you all got mobile phones? Imagine you've got mobile phones. Most you? kids do. Uh, yeah. yeah, so you, you've got a mobile phone, so you ring 999 um, and, and you say there's a fire. They'll ask you, what, what, what do you like? Uh, police, ambulance, fire, coast guard. So the fire service, tell them where, where you are and we'll come along and, uh, and obviously extinguish and make sure the fire's put out. Or to speak to a responsible adult, if you haven't got a mobile phone on you, uh, speak to a responsible adult. I'm not even sure about telephone boxes, to be honest with you, nowadays. You've got to have, then if you've got local telephone boxes. I don't see many telephone no, boxes. No, it's, it's, it's few and far between. You've got payphones in like now and again, but you have yeah. to pay in if you don't have money. With 999, it's, it's, you don't Fine. have to. Um, but it's few and far between now. When it's, it's not very often you get a, like a, a payphone. So a responsible adult, um, they're always going to have a mobile on them, use that phone and use 999. Like I said, you get to comp level, You'd normally have got a mobile phone, even year six in uh, in juniors. Yeah, you, so you just use mobile phone. Speak to a responsible adult. Give us a call, and uh, and we'll come along and, and put the fires out. But don't try and tackle yourself, because um, you're like the seven points, I guess. Yeah, there you go. So yeah. you, you've got um. So don't try and tackle yourself, because um, you are likely to to get hurt. Past you and you got the seven points here. Yeah, I think we'll come back and read some of these uh, in between us. But there, are there any sort of specific issues around Lansbury in particular or Caffilly in general? We haven't got one particular um, fire problem. There's no fire crime issue no, as such. We get wildfire, like we, see, we call it wildfire, which is grass fire. Mm. Um, that's seasonal when the, the grass, obviously, we got, we got the great weather in Wales. Of, plenty of rain and then all of a sudden like two weeks of summer in May where it dries out all the long grass and some people do go up onto the mountains and set fire and that takes us away from going to a house fire, going to the hospitals, going to any sort of real um, car crash and so we're up on the mountains and there could be a house fire but we're stuck on the mountain could take us 15-20 minutes to get off that mountain and get to to a person that does really need our help so that's the only really issues we have is seasonally. Um, we call it wildfire and grass fire season. But we've, the way we combat that is we do patrols with local police and uh, the, the community support officers. And we go around after school, three till five, 
or three till six, and we patrol areas of concern. That's the main like fire and crime that we got in Kilfinny. Mm -hmm. If someone prank calls you, what do you do? Yeah, that that's dealt with with our control um, base. So we, we got place. Uh, our control unit is in um, is in Bridgend, and they're trained to try and work out whether you're a, a prank caller or not. So the amount of prank calls we've, we've had since Jason was just even there was been in, he's been in 22 years now. When he was first started, prank calls were, were quite prevalent. Um, but now, I say in my nine years, it's been cut down to, to virtually zero that we go to um, because our control unit, our control centre, they're trained to ask certain questions and they can work out whether it's true or false. If there was a real fire, if you if you rang in and said it's a house fire, it wouldn't be just yourself who's called in. There's probably going to be four or five different neighbours are going to call, so we get repeat calls for that fire. Uh, so the, the number of prank calls now have um, they've been come down. But if there was a prank call and you were found to be a consistent prank caller, then community support officer would come visit you, and then if needs be, then it would go move on to the actual police officers. And uh, I'm not sure what charge they would be, but they would be then the criminal group then. Yeah, good question. Any questions, guys? Can you tell us a little bit about the um, youth engagement projects you're running at the moment? Yeah, we've got uh, Fire Cadets, which we hold in numerous stations. I won't be able to name them all off the top of my head, but Malpas, Caffili, Abbott, they're the three closest ones that I can think of. Uh, from 14 to 18, you come along on a two-year project and you, and you get an insight of what it's like to be a firefighter. Um, you get to do near enough all the stuff we do. We get you get to pitch the ladders. You get to use the hose. You get to use the we got a fire engine specifically for you to use. You get a full fire kit, and you do a two-year training program which you can put on your on your CVs or your. Do you get, do you get a book at the end of the year when you finish school, like a little record CV achievement. record of achievement. You get you you get to forget saying that you you're a qualified fire cadet. Um, obviously it looks good for interviews and it gives you good discipline so we've, we've got that uh, currently running like I say it's a two year project and anyone can apply and I, I'd say get involved it's, it's, it's a definite good scheme So how would someone go uh, apply? You just contact your local fire station they'll then tell you uh, where your closest um, fire, brigade, uh, fire cadets would be um, obviously Kefili would be the one so for so from the age of fourteen onwards, then uh, then come see us and we can try and get you in. Do you work with the eight cadets? No, we we don't. We we just stick to the uh, the fire service at the moment. It's gone off a bit of like bonfire and that, but why have ambulance and fire brigade teamed up? It's and because the police. For it's in regards to tackling what now? Like fires. Yeah, we the way we team up is that we're we're trained in our, in our job. We don't just put out fires. We turn up to car crashes, and part of the car crashes, um, someone's going to get injured because of the impact. So most of the time we're first on. So we need to be trained to a higher level of we've got like first aid at work or someone who might be first aid trained. We need to be trained uh, to a higher standard, so trauma trauma standard. So they've picked up on that. They can utilize us to help people. Um, quicker, uh, if we if they try to train us to a high standard again with the ambulance, so we teamed up with the ambulance to respond now to heart attacks, 
and to um, to more critical injuries. So if someone's having a heart attack, we get called out to to their house. Sometimes they're shocked, their friends and family, because um, obviously it's unfortunate that someone in the family's having a heart attack, and um, the fire engine turns up and four firemen or firefighters are jumping out and working on their member of family. But so it, they've seen an area there that to try and help the public and the members of the community, the firefighters are in the best possible position because we're already trained to a to a higher standard of trauma to work alongside the ambulance. So if you're, if an ambulance is so far and you need to get somewhere quick and you're close, um, yeah. you go first and then wait for Spot the on. Yeah, we wait for the uh, so first responders and we wait for the ambulance. So like an ambulance in a fire? Suit. We only in certain certain areas we can do. We can't administer drugs or anything like that, but we can we can use a defibrillator. Like CPR. Like CPR exactly. Yeah, we uh, we try and get there as soon as possible just to give them that greater chance of survival. So it's um, I think myself it's a it was a great idea from them, and uh, I can see it going further as well. Like if you've seen in America, um, the the American firefighters, they are paramedics as mm. well as firefighters. So in the future, I think our chief would like to go along those lines. He was on, have you seen Louis Theroux on the weekend? No, I missed that one, no. It was specifically about heroin addicts in America, but right. the people who were doing all their, because obviously there's massive problems with uh, <coughs> drug overdoses. Yeah. All the people who were doing the, the paramedic kind of work for the firefighters going in. Yeah, they go in. It's, uh, I think it's great. It's, uh, Presumably because they can lock the doors down. And yeah, you've, you've got all sorts of access, and rights of access. And it's only good for the community. The more people you got trained out there to, to help the people, the better. So I hope it carries on in that way. So that's why we teamed up with the ambulance. But some police officers also do, the community support officers, they carry around the um, defibrillators as well. So they turn out to cardiac arrests. And they also go into some schools and teach um, CPR as well. Some of the community support officers. Police cars are faster than trucks, yeah. vans. But they've like got if a. They, if they turn up. And like if it's in the mid, like in the woods or something, and the cars crashed, yeah, like off tr- the road, and they see it without any call, they can call for like fire brigade and ambulance. Yeah, but they can already start. They can start. Yeah, yeah. Some some of the f- uh, police officers, they they're keen. They're really into their first aid, and they've they've taken it upon themselves to take that that level of training further, and and they can deal with that. Yeah, definitely. What's the worst call you've had in the last mm, two to three months? Last three months, we had quite out in depth. We go on this. This is all. As long as you not mention the names, depends how you want to. Uh, yeah, it, it, you, you deal with. with yeah, just a, a good story about it. Yeah, well, it started off Sorry. where we've had a car crash, and um, it, it started off, and when, when you turn up to a car crash, first of all, um, a tractor had gone over. You imagine the size of a tractor gone over a car. You f- when you first turn up, you look at it and it looks like absolute just carnage. It's, it just looks uh, everything's in bit. So you, you look at it, you, you take your time, not not slowly, but you you focus on what you're looking at, and uh, you can see a tractor's gone over a car, and as you say, you, you can imagine uh, what you're looking at. But you think in the worst case scenarios, and as it happened, uh, there's a gentleman in the front, uh, two uh, young people. One in the front, one in one in the back, and also the tractor drivers to deal with, and members of the public. So it's quite a chaotic scene. So we turn up with the first pump there. And now how would you like? Was the tractor on top of the car, or was the it tractor like was on top? So uh, how did you get it off? Waited. We we left the tractor where it is in situ, 
that's the safest place where it is because it's come to rest on that um, particular place. When the other trucks come up, we can then uh, we then uh, supported that tractor so we wouldn't move any further. Um, the young girls, we got the, the gentleman out because he was easiest to get out. The young girls, we were we were helping out, we were controlling controlling their breathing, monitoring, making sure they were okay. They started deteriorating, um, so we had to get them out quickly, as safely as possible. Um, for those of you on, obviously listening can't see, but but you here, we've got the the long boards there, uh, which is basically a long piece of uh, a plaster, like a stretcher. So we use stretchers then to bring the the young ladies out and and bring them into position where we can work on better a bit better. And at the time, both girls um, were in, in, in a real bad situation. Air, air ambulance came, and they called in air ambulance. They came in a nice, nice Audi because of the weather conditions. They couldn't fly, and in the location as well, they couldn't get to. So they came in their Audis pretty quick on site, and they put the girls into an induced coma. Um, these two went off to the, to the hospital. So we're thinking the worst case scenario. And then two months later, we, we get the, the information back that the girls are perfectly fine. From the work that we did, they're up, they're up and running. They're um, they're back in school, um, no permanent damage. And from turning up initially to seeing the absolute carnage, to seeing the girls deteriorate, and the doctors inducing them into the comas, um, and then to get the feedback then that because we all got there on time, we all everybody did their jobs perfectly, um, and everyone stayed cool, calm, and collected. And the the air ambulance, they were perfect. They were spot on. And to hear that, that the girls are fine now, just minor injuries, and uh, yeah, that's that's probably the worst one in, uh, in recent months that we've been to. But ending on a nice note that they're absolutely fine. Well, do you know all the levels? Do you need a, a certain level to do uh, like car crash or put in our fire? No, it's uh, Reese was here first of all, who uh, who's run off now on the fire engine. He's just done his twelve weeks of training. Um, so everybody who wants to be a firefighter needs to do 12, month, uh, 12 weeks of training. Um, after that 12 weeks, you go onto a station and then you do two years. It's kind of like a probation. Um, you do a, you do a, an MVQ, and which is your qualification to become a, a whole-time firefighter. And then you're a competent, qualified firefighter. So when you get onto the station, um, you're, you're just the same as every other firefighter. Um, but you're just new, so you're probably not as confident to do the jobs. And you do shadow um, they have a senior firefighters on the watch and they normally you would normally get chucked into situations such as this and doing the school talks there's no levels to what you can do you need to be qualified every two years to wear the breathing masks uh, to go into the buildings but that's just to make sure you, you're competent and you're, you're able to go into a building wearing the face mask because if you did remove that face mask then you'd, you'd be inhaling smoke uh, you need to be responsible, you need to be able to be uh, competent. So there's no levels, but there's just that MVQ stage when you're, you, you first you first get in for like two years. After that, you, you're good to go then for life, 30, 36 years, I think, maybe the maximum is, which is a long time. Are there any other common misconceptions about uh, fi being a firefighter? Like I said earlier about height. Yeah, the, the question on height earlier, in the... Say like in the olden days, uh, they did used to have height restrictions on. Uh, if you were too tall, you could have back issues. But everybody can have back issues. Um, they've gone. They've they've completely left that behind now for equality and diversity within um, all brigades and the police as well. 
Um, so the height thing is there's no height restrictions. Um, there is obviously weight restrictions because you need to be fit and you need to be consistently fit. We do get tested every year, and every other year we get even uh, more stringent uh, testing. Um, there are misconceptions that we that I get quite a lot is that we sit around playing pool and snooker, darts, table tennis. Um, they did in like days days gone. Um, this probably would have been one of the, the snooker ta- uh, snooker rooms that we had. But they've been all been taken away now, and we are more more productive. So we've got we've got better facilities. Like we've got the, the computers, we've got tablets, we've got the the screens. We are um, we're more productive now than than so pro- probably in the past. Yeah, we got a we got a gym where we've we are, we haven't got to train. Um, but if in order to do your job properly, you do need to train. And everybody on each watch, they all motivate each other. Quite competitive in nature. I mean, if one of us goes in, we're all going to go in. It's, uh, so yeah, so we're not we're not just sitting around when we're uh, on station. We do have our downtime. We do like to have a cup of coffee and a cup of tea. And if if someone messes up, um, they do have to buy cakes for the rest of uh, the watch. That's that's uh, <laughs> something that is one of our favourite bits. So for Reese running off today now because he didn't want to stay behind, he's now having five on nights McFlurries for the boys. <laughs> he's going to be bringing them in. Um, trying to think any other misconceptions. And you probably spend a lot of time keeping like the kit and everything because it's immaculate, isn't it? Yeah. So I, I bet that takes a lot of time. It keeping is. Keeping everything in order and you're not going to have things, you know, like my house, a coat chucked on the floor, a bit of boots in the yeah. hallway. So no, we need to, every day, we've got change over shift. The, the truck needs to be washed. Uh, we need to make sure everything is gleaming. Um, our kit, our station officer is, is really deep on kit like say little things like the bottoms of our shoes need to be immaculate um, just because of slips and trips and falls mm. so you could slip on something you could have diesel on your on your shoe or on your fire kit mm. and you could slip so you gotta make sure it's clean at all time um, also um, if you if your kit is damp you could be going you, you could go into flooding helping someone with flooding or out in the rain help like saving the sheep from down in one of the gullies for instance and then the next shout is going to be a house fire you go into house fire all your kit is wet, that water generates steam. So what you unconsciously don't, you don't mm. realize that that's gonna hinder you and it's gonna make you even hotter. So you need to make sure your, your kit's in good working order out on the job as well. So yeah, you need to be aware of all your kit and it's, it's always immaculate for our own safety really. Do you have like a few spare kits just in case you do get soaked and you get cold out? Yeah, we've, uh, we've got different kinds of kit. We've got a red kit and a gold kit, gold kit, is specifically for use for fires. And then we get a red red kit for car crashes, uh, which keeps you a bit cooler because the gold kit is really, really, really warm. You need to keep yourself safe from the fire. Yeah, and if it gets contaminated with blood, we need to send it off. Um, so we get as much spare kit as we want. And if we run out of kit, we just ring at stores. And then someone's there 24 hours, they bring us fresh kit. But, uh, yeah, and we get routines every day, making sure we clean the engine. And all the different equipment bits. So like I say everything's got to be immaculate. Yeah, it's the station officer is hot on that. Well, if you're a short firefighter, does a, a tall firefighter have to go with you? Yeah, ev- like I say everyone's uh, just as capable as the next person. Um, it, ma- it makes no difference uh, in in what we're doing. If we if we're going into a fire, is there's no there's no difference in uh, abilities there because we just need to be as strong as the other person. Um, yeah, there's just there's never any problems with that. 
to attempt to do micro, you think you're in a career in the fire service or don't know. A lot of time to think in there. How many people do go on a call in a truck? Uh, five. It's five. Maximum six, but with crewing levels, um, we, we go with five. Is six like if it's a forest fire and all of you need to go? No, it's, it's, it's just on staffing. So on, on my watch today, we've got five of us. We've got a driver, the boss, and then the three in the back. It's normally the three in the back that do all the work um, because the boss has got to stand by and, and oversee everyone. And yeah, make, making sure there's no um, there's no serious injuries or, driver or hazards. The driver then goes around to the back of the, the, of the pump and uses all the water, finds a water supply for us and makes sure we're safe with water. Um, but if there was a bigger fire, then we call it, you had one of the questions you asked before we started the recording, was what happens if you need more fire fire firefighters? We got all on call firefighters here, um, so we called for them to come up. So there'll be ten firefighters at the shout. If it gets even worse, we're calling Whitchurch or our Bargoid, and then Tree Harris, Nelson. We got never-ending supply of uh, fire stations. Some of them will take longer than others. Yeah, exactly. When they come, the fire should be under control. So yeah, touch wood, it'll be uh, it'll be under control. Excellent, I think that's great. Wow. Really good that questions really from you guys. Good. Really yeah. good questions, yeah. There's a lot of questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was great. Yeah, really good. Yeah, thanks uh, for having the guys here. No problem, it's been a pleasure. Here's some tips from the firefighters to how to be safe on bonfire night. Keep buckets of water, a garden hose or a fire extinguisher nearby in case of an emergency. Pour water on the remainders of a bonfire before leaving. Do not burn the following. Tyres, cylinders, canisters, aerosols, paints, plastics, rubber and foam filled furniture. Never use flammable liquids to light a bonfire. Never light or store fireworks near a bonfire. And never leave a bonfire unattended. Why are graveyards noisy? Because of all the coughing. <laughs> what do you call a haunted chicken? A poultry geist. <laughs> what do birds say on Halloween? Twick or tweet? A witch and sand. A sandwich. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the first Lansbury podcast. If you have any news for the podcast, please contact lansburypodcast at gmail dot com. Here are some Halloween jokes. Awesome. That's, That's a radical fight, dog.